You're listening to the West End Frame Show. And welcome to the West End Frame Show. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins. And today I am flying solo. I've actually managed to escape London for a few days. I'm having a little break up in Scotland. It's glorious sunshine, but I'm trapped inside a little cupboard to bring you a mini episode of the podcast. I hope you're well. I hope you're enjoying the series. Thank you so much for all the support. This week, someone amazing, I think she was called Molly Ann Carter, left the loveliest review on Apple Podcasts. It absolutely made my life. She said lots of lovely things. She said she's been listening for a few years and that we are hilarious yet heartwarming. Um, and she said lots of wonderful things. So thank you so much, Molly. And if you are enjoying the show, cheesy plug, but but if you are, you know, if you do enjoy the West End Frame show, it would be amazing if you could tell your friends, well, tell your stage your friends. And um, if you do have access to Apple Podcasts, you can literally just leave a little rating and write a little review. And it makes such a difference. We're spreading the word and, and making sure we can do lots more series and episodes. So, so yeah, thank you so much. There's lots going on. Theatreland is well and truly alive. And I have to say, I've had this little trip in the diary for a few weeks now. And then suddenly, I, I, was, I had to miss Heather's press night to be here. I'm actually cutting this trip uh, short by a day so I can race back to a press night of hairspray. Stuff is happening. It feels like the, the normal world again, to some extent. It's so amazing to see so much happening. And I really hope that you're able to get to London to see some things. I know we have people listening all over the place and I really hope now some tools are starting to go out, Six is going out, Hairspray. Um, there's a few things that are playing safely distance at certain venues. So fingers crossed that we can all see a lot more theatre very, very soon. We have lots to talk about today, so let's let's dive in. Coming up, we are going to be discussing My Sons Are Queer, but what can you do at Turbine Theatre? As well as all the latest news about the last five years, Patti Lapone, Thelma and Louise, and lots, lots more. <laughs> Okay, so first up, let's discuss some of this week's theatre news. I am trying to avoid too much COVID talk each week, but I do think it's important to discuss this. So this week, we finally had some updates about the government's events research programme. So first of all, let's go back before it was published. We heard from Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sonia Friedman and some other major producers that they were starting legal action after the government had failed to publish any data 
from two months' worth of the events research programme projects. So this included things like the World Snooker Championships. They took place at uh, the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield and the Brit Awards and various things where they had increased capacity and they monitored uh, the effects of, of COVID and if it spread amongst the people and if these live events were really the cause of all of our problems. So... Lloyd Webber suggested that one of the reasons for the delay in the results being published was that health officials didn't like what was in the report. Funnily enough, a few days after we found out that they were taking legal action, the events research programme report was published and its findings are pretty interesting. I have got a little bit scientific. I should have invited some sort of scientist on to join me today, but I did do a little bit of googling to understand everything. So there's a lot of talk about CO2 levels in the report. I had no idea why, but after I did a bit of googling, I found out that CO2 levels are key to the findings as coronavirus is spread through the air. So higher CO2 levels in a room mean there is a higher higher risk of COVID outbreak. Of course, the more people you have in a room, the more CO2 there will be in the room. So the report has found that CO2 levels in indoor venues are comparable with those of schools or offices, both of which are, of course, able to open right now. The report states that nearly all CO2 levels recorded at the pilot events were within the bounds of reasonable ventilation benchmark, the exception being at the front of a stage at a nightclub, which was described as a cause of concern. The report also concludes that there were no substantial outbreaks identified by public health teams. Let's continue. So the report suggests that increased audience size can increase transmission transmission risk, steady Andrew, but only on surfaces where spectators regularly touch. According to the report, like toilets, food and drink concessions and corridors are the places that actually pose the higher risks as opposed to sitting in an auditorium. Um, whilst events that are unstructured, so that means nightclubs, also have a higher risk than those with structures, that means theatres. The use of COVID status certification, such as vaccine passports, is not included in this report with further information set to be revealed. Right, if you're still awake and you got that, basically what we are saying here is that sitting in a theatre poses no greater risk than sitting in a classroom or, or sitting in an office, which are things that people are able to do at the moment. So... It does pose the question as to why our industry is still having to play at such reduced capacity. And I'm really interested, uh, we all are very interested in listening with big open ears to find out what the government announced in the next few weeks. Because even if restrictions are not lifted, even if this Freedom Day, everyone's calling it, if Freedom Day doesn't happen when we think it's going to happen next... 
I still don't see why theatres should be on the banned list, the things that can't happen. I think this research is showing you that actually sitting in a theatre is quite a safe to be. And as I am saying again and again and again and again, being in a theatre where it's structured and organised and they have procedures in place feels so much safer than so many other scenarios and so many other places. So I really, we, we need to keep campaigning. We need to keep shouting about this from the rooftops and we need our theatres to be open. It's great that we have more shows opening socially distanced. So we just had Cinderella premiered, Angela Webber Cinderella premiered at the Ginny and Lynn. We know now that Pretty Woman is the next big, long runner big musical in the west end to open socially distance at the savoy i can't wait to go to the savoy oh i love that theater so much but we uh, it's not viable theaters and productions can not run long term with social distancing in place within the auditorium it doesn't make sense and i am someone i know it's controversial a little bit but i am someone who's totally here for the COVID passports, as in audience members having to be double vaccinated or having to have done a lateral flow test within the past 24 hours or 48 hours, whatever they choose it to be. I'm someone I'm, I'm having to test twice a week or three times a week, sometimes at the moment. It does not matter. I will do whatever it takes to be sat in a theatre at full capacity. So those margins and the money isn't so tight that, that we run risk of causing further damage. Um, so yes, let's hope that we have some form of update and we have some positive news soon. And once again, especially all those producers, all those people making decisions and doing the maths and working out everything right now, I I don't know how you do it. And sending lots of love to everybody in the theatre world right now, audiences, uh, performers, workers of any kind alike. Um, let's talk about some happier news. We have lots of production news happening, lots of casting news coming out day by day. And it's so exciting to see how many wonderful people we have returning to stages very soon. So this week we found out that Jack Butterworth, Billy Kay and Tiffany Graves, who's a legend, will star in Top Hat at the Mill at Sonning. The brand new production is being directed by Jonathan O'Boyle. Jack Butterworth was incredible in Hamilton. He was incredible in The Boyfriend and in Many a Chocolate Factory. And I'm pleased that he's having this moment taking on the Tom Chambers role. This is going to be a big, a big moment for him. He's really talented. I cannot wait to see that. Sarah Poyser and Lucy Mae Barker are returning to Mamma Mia. They will star as Donna and Sophie in the musical's outdoor run at Harwood House this summer. The last five years has extended its West End run to the 17th of October. I think it's running 17th of September right through to the 17th of October. And it will now play at the Garrick Theatre. So it's upscaled. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I haven't seen that production since it was originally at the Sunday Playhouse and it came back 
Now it's coming to the West End. It was amazing. It, it completely did different things with the show, and I am very excited to see it. Although I will need to clear my diaries. I'll be so depressed and sad for four days afterwards. Um, a musical adaptation of Thelma and Louise is in the works. Pasek and Paul will write new music for Disney's live-action Snow White film. And the one and only Patti Lapone is set to receive a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay, time for some show talk. And this week I went back to the Turbine Theatre. I seem to be there a lot at the moment to see an incredible show called My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do? The show is written and performed by the incredible Rob Madge. You probably know Rob. I mean, they did quite a lot of stuff as a child. They played Gavroche in one of the big Les Mis anniversary concerts of the O2. But during lockdown, Rob has become a huge star of social media you see their videos all over the place my favorite one is that video they did where they uh do the glinda performance of, of in wicked and rob performs all the different songs playing with the timings coming in out of time it's utter hilarity if you haven't seen any search rob madge on social media and just have a look through they are incredible um so yeah my sons are queer but what can you do basically celebrates the joy and the chaos of raising a queer kid it's really cleverly constructed what rob does is invites us on this journey through their childhood where they reflect on certain experiences and shares with us the joy of the events and the shows and all the things that was happening in their childhood home. And during lockdown, I think what Rob did was they went through lots of old VHS tapes and all lots of lots of old footage of when they were doing shows and being directing parents and family members and cousins and all sorts of things and transferred all that video footage to digital to into the computer. So this video footage is magically scattered throughout the piece. So we get to see Rob performing a Disney parade, playing all the characters. We get to see Rob creating a spinning cup experience for their grandma. (laughs) which is the best thing ever. Poor grandma is literally being flung around on this desk chair on wheels that spins. It's absolutely hilarious. And then we there's music involved within the show and there's this really clever design, this really clever set that is also used to enhance the story and to tell it and to move it all along. And this was a really surprising piece, you know? I love that feeling. I say this all the time. And I've missed the feeling of sitting in a theatre and having no idea what to expect and then being totally entranced and totally uh, cast under a spell. But 
one step further. I love discovering a new talent. And by no means is Rob Madge a new talent. They've done so many things. They're about to go off on tour and in bed knobs and broomsticks across the UK. But this is a totally new thing for them. And I think making social media videos that are two minutes long is one skill. And if they can go viral and capture thousands of people, that's incredible. But to create a 70 or 80 minute one person show is a huge, huge undertaking. And not a moment of this was boring. Not a moment of this dragged. It came together so cleverly. And I think what Rob demonstrates is a remarkable understanding of audiences. And what they've very cleverly done is create a piece which at first, at a glance, is funny and mischievous and uh, easy to watch, really enjoyable. But really what Rob's doing is very cleverly casting their audience under their spell to then go to a really heartwarming and thought-provoking place. I think something that a lot of young people or a lot of people now who are reflecting on their childhood, lots of adults reflecting on their childhood, they may be, there are certain elements that they don't talk about all the time, certain things that they didn't talk about when they were younger, if they were putting on shows, you know, any form of their identity that they try to hide, whether that be their, their gender, their sexuality, their race, all, all different things. And I feel like what this show does, my son's a queer, but what can you do? What it does is it celebrates those things that made us individual when we were that age. It celebrates those shows and those crazy tasks and projects that we took on. It celebrates those quirks and those years that we spend exploring our identity, finding out who we are. And that is a really moving and clever thing to do on stage. So I spent the first 45 minutes laughing in hysterics, almost wetting myself with the grandma on the teacup thing. It was brilliant. Um, and then towards the end, I was surprised at how stopped in my tracks I was, at how I was reflecting and thinking. I mean, there are people around the theatre, people in the front row, literally sobbing, digging for tissues, trying to wipe away tears. Because I think what is really striking within the show is Rob's incredibly supportive family. And of course, that's not something that, that everyone can relate to and that everybody has experienced. But to see Rob's relationship with his parents, particularly his father, and how, I want to say obedient, not obedient, but I guess supportive Rob's father was, is so inspiring and I guess encouraging as well. Rob, towards the end of the show, something we see is, is on social media, they recently shared a tweet asking others to send in video content and, and clips of, of them doing their own family shows at home when they were kids and, and all that sort of thing. And there was an amazing tweet. I don't want to give it all away, but there's something amazing that Rob's father contributed online to that conversation, which really, really will stop you in your tracks and, and make you feel quite emotional and it's it's hugely touching very clever I mean 
the entire run of My Sons Are Queer, but what can you do? Has sold out. It extended by two weeks. All those tickets got snapped up in a moment and they're all gone. But I think this is a big moment. Paul Taylor Mills, who's produced this, has really uncovered a really clever, talented individuals, someone who's destined for incredible things. I mean, Rob could do whatever they want. They could be selling out runs at Edinburgh Fringe in a decent-sized venue, uh, joining the kind of the, the cabaret scene, doing sold-out one-person shows all the time. I mean, like I said, this is no easy task, and this is unlike any other one-person show or unlike any other piece of theatre I have ever seen. We're on something new here, something clever, something that is going to speak to a lot of people, and I felt very, very, very lucky to witness it and to be a part of that uh, incredible press night audience. Rob Madge is absolutely insane. So my sons are queer, but what can you do is running at the Turbine Theatre until the 17th of July 2021. Like I said, it's all sold out. Tickets are all gone. Keep an eye on social media, on the Turbine socials and on the Turbine website. It's Turbine Theatre. Oh, it's theturbinetheatre.com in case any returns or any extra tickets pop up. But otherwise, keep your eyes peeled because I feel like Rob Madge is someone we are going to be hearing lots from in the years to come. Um, and there we go. Thank you so much. We've got through everything. That is our stagey catch-up for the week. It's been lovely just doing this on my own in a cupboard. A little bit weird. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The West End Frame Show. Like I said, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, a rating and a review would be the best thing ever. But no worries if you can't. There's no pressure. Um, and I love hearing from you. You can follow West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Send in any questions. Send in your thoughts about things. Always love hearing from you. Check out our interviews podcast in the frame we wrapped up season four the other week with Sophie Evans and Lauren Samuels from over the rainbow they're doing an amazing album at the moment but make sure you go back there's tons of episodes in the frame now lots to go back and, and catch up on and I will be back next week for another stagey catch up mm-hmm.